listening to the Top Music Guitar Podcast, the show for guitar teachers to learn about the craft of teaching great guitar lessons that students love. If you're looking to start or expand your studio and make guitar teaching your full-time dream job, you've come to the right place. Each week, you'll get to hear from some of the top guitar teachers from around the globe and get their best tips and experiences so you too can build your own dream studio. I'm your host, Michael, and I've founded one of the top guitar schools in Australia, written a best-selling curriculum, and I mentor guitar teachers. I'm excited to share my expertise with you and the wisdom of all the experts we interview. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome to another episode of our Top Music Guitar Teaching Podcast. As always, I've got a real treat for you today, an industry expert, a fantastic guitar teacher. But before I introduce our special guest, I wanted to take a moment to talk about our Top Music Guitar Teaching memberships. And as you heard me say in previous episodes, for less than the price of a private lesson of what you normally charge, you can access to a whole bunch of guitar teaching resources to help you grow your business, to help you improve your teaching, to help you get more students and to improve overall. So if you're listening to this and you want to become a better guitar teacher, head to www.topmusic.co slash guitar and you'll be able to find out all the wonderful free resources we have there, but most importantly, how to sign up and become a member and join a thousand other music teachers in a wonderful educational community here. So my guest today is somebody I've met online in various... uh, guitar teaching groups on Facebook, someone who I'm always seeing really, really awesome things on their Instagram account and going, oh man, that looks so cool. I've got to get him on the podcast to talk about a few things. And someone who's an award-winning teacher who's primarily in the online teaching space, but is doing really, really well and helping a lot of people. So to the podcast, I want to welcome you to Sebastian Gomez. Thanks for coming on, Sebastian. Yeah, no, it's a pleasure. It's great to finally catch up with you and, and just kind of get to chat for a little bit. Yeah. So for those of you who aren't familiar or for our listeners who aren't familiar with you, just give us a brief background about your uh, start as a guitar player and how you got into teaching and more recently shifting to online. Yeah, definitely. So my story, to me, it, it was a very unique story until I actually started meeting more teachers. But I I started as a music teacher because I I was working as an engineer at the time. And it just wasn't something that that was in my heart. It wasn't something that I had that I wanted to pour my my time and effort and love into. And and so I'd always been playing music. I had played guitar, drums when I started out in high school. And I just decided to go for it and and commit to doing music full time. I worked as an engineer for three years and just was a frustrated engineer. Finally took the plunge, taught private lessons at a local studio for a while. And then branched out on my own, I think about two years after that, uh, after just making some good friends, some contacts that were really motivating me to to make my business bigger, to go on YouTube, to go online. Um, when that pandemic hit is whenever I decided to go full-time online. And thankfully, I had already tested it out a little bit with one student who who was about the student was driving to Guitar Center to take lessons there, and I was teaching uh, at a local guitar center for for uh, about a year. Whenever I decided to to go on my own, then I also asked her, you know, hey, I'm leaving, but I hope that, that you would reach out and continue. She told me that she was actually about an hour away from wherever she was at and driving in. I was like, oh, no, this is terrible. You got to go online and try and try this. 
So that was my first test student to see how it would go. And we did Skype lessons for, for I think a year and a half before the pandemic. So we had that going on. I had one camera just set up and it was my microphone as well. And I would move it between piano overhead and uh, my front facing camera. And when the pandemic hit, I, I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll try this for a while. I had my, my digital keyboard already set up. I had one camera, so it worked okay. And once we realized like, oh, this is, this is not going to go back to normal quick. I started to kind of think a little bit more seriously about it, thinking, okay, how can I be a little bit more engaging on online and how can I really offer a good, a good service and a good lesson? Uh, so really that's kind of like the stretch of how I went from one end to the other. And then um, in more recent years, the things that have really helped me the most were um, just a professional setting. Like I joined, um, I'm sure you're familiar with uh, the TMO community and uh, Carly Walton. So joining her community and having that kind of similar to kind of what you're offering your students and your and your clients, like having mentorship and having a community that helps you out and has your back and motivates you whenever you're down and, and upset. Like there's nothing better than that, honestly. Uh, I told my, my now wife whenever I was first struggling with, okay, how do I grow my business and what do I do? I told her like, I, I'm on my own. I really don't know what to do because I don't have coworkers. I don't have a boss. I don't have anybody to really talk to. And she she really encouraged me, like, hey, you need to you need to find something to to motivate you. And so for me, like that mentorship, uh, finding a, a local piano student, piano teacher to, to kind of guide me, and who's also a multi instrumentalist, he was really a great help. And on top of that, having that community aspect and a mentorship pro program to help me out really skyrocketed my, my comfort in front of the camera, my comfort with my business, my uh, confidence in actually being a musician who started off as an engineer <laughs> and somehow ended up here. <laughs> yeah, it can be an amazing journey to look back upon and go, oh, look how far I've come in the last six months, one year, two years, five years, and, and go, wow, I really have changed and developed and transformed into a new person. and. How important do you think getting some mentoring and coaching was? Would you be here without the guidance of those other teachers? Oh, not at all. I don't think so. Uh, and if, if I had made it here, it would have taken much longer. It would have been much more lonely and stressful, <laughs> to be honest. Like, like part of it is just having somebody who can tell you either, yeah, that's not the right way to do it. Or maybe you could do this or just because you can't you can't do it all on your own, you know. And I think that's the struggle with many music teachers and entrepreneurs is we, we go into it thinking that we kind of have to do everything. We, we have to become accountants, uh, tax experts, uh, curriculum writers and promoters and marketers and social media experts. And it's so many different hats to juggle to where it, it really, really felt like I, I can't I, my mindset can't handle and do all of these on my own. Having other people who can tell me like, this is what I tried. This is what helped me and worked for me. Or these were my mistakes. And this is how I overcame them. That was really, really crucial for me becoming a comfortable online teacher and just teacher overall. Most definitely. That's really, really great feedback to hear from there. And yeah, I had mentoring in the start. That's what uh, helped me out. And I'm 
yeah. not currently getting any mentoring at, at the current point in time because I'm learning just as much stuff from interviewing people like yourself and experts yeah. in their own right. And I think you can learn something from everyone. Uh, even some of your youngest students or most inexperienced students can teach you things if you listen to them or, or learn how to introspect and reflect upon what's taking place. But you no, know, definitely a big advocate of finding someone who is doing what you've what you want to do. Uh, successfully and then just asking for help and saying, hey, how do you do this? And if people have a book or a course, the fact that you can take what might have been a a two-year, five-year, 10-year journey or longer for them and get the information distilled down into an easy step-by-step guide is absolutely fantastic. And that's why we do the Top Music Membership and the Six Figure Program and Guitar Ninjas and Akali, who I hope to have as a guest on this podcast sometime in the the future doing her Teach Music Online program. It doesn't matter who you learn from as long as you're learning from someone and it can take years of pain and frustration, confusion and trial and error out of the equation. It can. It really can. And I think that with that, also just finding somebody who is, which I, I, in every video that I see of yours and every video that I saw of Carly, like the same thing stood out to me, which was genuineness and like a willingness to, to really help and be available to be, to help you stay accountable and just that positive force. I'm sure you can understand from your yeah. mentors. Like that yeah. is a huge impact. Most definitely. And there's only so many people I can help, you know, in my in my teaching capacity. But if we can help other guitar teachers, uh, our listeners, and anyone who needs it become a better teacher, then I'm impacting more students than I could affect on my own. And as you said, it's all part of having a team. Uh, and if I can create a team of teachers around me doing, you know, my method or at least whatever they're doing in a more successful way, then that's how I want to be. I want to have that impact. Um, and I can see yeah. you obviously care about your students and you're now able to amplify what you're doing uh, more successfully with the help that you've had. So you mentioned, obviously, the pandemic was the big catalyst for moving online. And it was interesting that there were almost two camps. There was the, ah, I give up, I don't like computers or I can't teach online. So a whole bunch of teachers just either shut down for uh, however long the pandemic lasted in, in your local area. Then there was the teachers who gave it a go and... Oh, and the, the teachers who adapted begrudgingly to online and there was people that wholeheartedly embraced it. So yes, more than two there. Uh, yeah. And it's been interesting to see a lot of people shift back to in-person learning now that the uh, pandemic is over and the offline options are available. So what sort of led you to maintain the majority of your students online, even though you can go back to in-person? No, that's a great question. I definitely saw those camps forming and starting. The camps who who either because of technological hurdles didn't want to dive in and and have to learn this new technology and this new approach. Because it is, I'm sure you you experienced it too, it is a hugely different approach of teaching online than it is in person. Both have their huge benefits. For me, it was really the value of, the value that I could offer my students. You know, I feel like I can... I can explain to them deeper. I can show them more effectively what it is that I'm doing. Because most of my lessons are are one-on-one private lessons. There's a few. I have right now one group lesson that I teach online, and that's uh, a pair of siblings. So they're in the same room. I've taught them in the past uh, adults who, again, were in the same room. They were doing developing their church worship team. So I would log on. They were, like I told you before, an hour away. So I would log on to Zoom, they would log on and they would be in the same, like in the practice room and I would teach them there. But the one-on-one scenario to me is more of like developing that friendship, 
than it is in group. In group lessons, you have a little bit of chance to develop friendship, but you're mostly like, you're mostly getting the kids or the students to play. You're getting them to interact with each other. You're teaching them to listen to each other and to, or just to, to kind of go off of what it is that you're teaching them. But in a one-on-one setting, it is that friendship. It is that, that communication that you can have. And for me, it's much more effective to be able to communicate, you know, with my light up uh, setup with OBS for keys, showing different angles, helping to be more vocal. That was amazing for me whenever I realized I have to speak better. And I don't think I'm a, a great orator or a great speaker at all, but I had to be a little bit more effective at my lessons whenever I went online. I had to explain things better because I and tell them like, here's where you start, here's the note that you play, or here's the key that you should press, or here's the fret that you should hold down on the guitar. It was more like, okay, you're on the E string, press down the third fret, like all these ways to explain that I didn't have before. I didn't have that confidence before going online. And so staying online for me just became, became a no-brainer because my students progress so much better and so much faster, I feel, whenever they're online with me than whenever um, we're in person. When we're in person, I feel like I'm not, I don't explain as much. I really go back to those tactics of moving their hand, pointing to where they should be at. And the student has less ownership of their own education, their own music. At least that's my philosophy. That's my approach. And that's why I completely swear by my, by online lessons. Yeah. Yeah. It forces you to sort of communicate in a different way than what you would in person because you don't have all the, the physical means of manipulating them or, or yeah. just showing them. And obviously there's a, a little bit of that extra step when you have multiple camera angles, which can be really handy. Uh, but mm-hmm. I would almost say there's nothing like being in a room in being able to walk around someone 360 degrees, touch them, put their hand there. But at the same time, there's giving a man a fish versus teaching a man to fish. And if you can sort of yeah. navigate someone and make them self-sufficient, independent, then that's amazingly powerful. It sounds like that's what you're doing there. Yeah, exactly. I think also a big part of it is the world is much more going towards a more technological approach. There is more technology that we need to learn. Even as music teachers, you have to learn what apps are out, how to load music and, and sheet music into your iPad if you play professionally or live. If you're a guitarist, you're setting up a pedal board and now you're dealing with uh, maybe a Helix or a digital amp or a modeler. And well, how do I wrap my, my mind around that? So it's also that added aspect of I can meet students where they're headed. I can teach them like, hey, here are the technological hurdles that you'll uh, encounter with a thing like a tablet or an iPad. Or if you're wanting to record music, here's how you learn GarageBand. And that is so much more effective whenever I can share my screen and they can be on their own screen following along. Fantastic. Now, I know you teach piano and there's a bunch of other instruments hanging up behind you that aren't guitars. <laughs> but from a guitar teacher's perspective, what are some essentials uh, that you need for setting up an online teaching studio? I can start, I can say that with two different approaches, I guess. There's the super technological or the super advanced way where it's almost like a recording studio or a broadcasting platform. I have a, a pretty good audio interface that I connect my guitar into. And I have an acoustic electric, I have electric guitars, um, my electric banjo whenever I'm doing banjo lessons, electric mandolin, still learning mandolin, so I don't promote that as, as an instrument that I teach. But all these in- electric instruments I can plug in and the student is hearing the direct signal. 
from my instrument. But if if that's too much of a steep curve or a steep learning curve for, for a new teacher, just a good camera and a good microphone will get them really far. Because with an acoustic guitar, you, you can just put it on your lap and start strumming. And if you can get a good angle of where your hand is and where you're strumming, that that really, I guess the way that I'm, that I'm explaining it is for, for the first part of the pandemic, my students didn't really uh, have any problem with that. You know, I just showed them my front facing camera and I showed, I got closer to the guitar, to the, the, I got the guitar closer to the camera whenever I needed to show more detail and the microphone picked up my cam, my guitar really well too. And then after that is whenever I started to upgrade. So one of the things that I think a lot of teachers worry about is, do I need all this high tech gear and a good audio interface and a good microphone to plug into and cameras? And the answer is no, you don't really need it. I love it and I'm a huge techie, so I'm always looking for new gadgets and new apps that I can use, but I could easily do this, I think, with one good microphone and a good camera. Definitely. And there's nothing wrong with starting simple, creating a wish list yeah. and just upgrading as you go either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's the same thing that I did, just little by little. I kept on adding a camera here and, a, and an extra input to my audio interface. Yeah. And uh, for those of you who are watching the video, you can see behind Sebastian just an amazing backdrop. You never had that at the start, did you? It's something you, <laughs> you explored and worked your way towards. I didn't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the start was I was in a, in a different house in a bigger room. So I just had, to me, it was organized. To most people, it was probably, probably clutter. I had a drum set in that room and I had my guitar rack just somewhere on the side and amps and a bookshelf. But I just knew that I wanted something a little bit more professional to where whenever students logged on, they're like, oh, this is filled with, filled with color and life and excitement rather than um, just the regular old room where I'm teaching from, you know? And I've also seen teachers get really creative with like uh, a room separator or kind of one of those um, really beautiful designed posters that they hang behind them or even using a green screen to where they can have anything they want behind them. Yeah. Yeah. It's really amazing. And, you know, I did a handful of lessons with other people all around the world. Some of the best teachers in the world are just using zoom and a, like a camera and a microphone and zoom. And then some people have the most elaborate, awesome studio you've ever seen. And then other people are just like, you know, in the living room and their dog comes up for a pattern, <laughs> everything in between. Yeah. So, and it was really, really funny. Like just to reminisce of some of the best things about lessons in the pandemic, we're just seeing people's pets or seeing like people. Um, and, and this is students. I ran group lessons. So I'd have like, six or seven people in a group but i'd be like oh everyone go get their pets for a second everyone would be holding up like <laughs> rabbits and dogs and cats and and every now and then you just see one through the background so yeah there was definitely some really really fun things about teaching online but i obviously you know, regress back to uh in-person lessons just because that's what yeah. we primarily do but uh for the people who are wanting to get into online or online lessons or maybe even that digital nomad well, let me back up a step because i've got so many things i want to ask you <laughs> have you had like the digital nomad or, you know, work from wherever you want in the world? Has that been a factor in you building this online business? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I guess let me back up to uh, at the beginning of this year, I actually upgraded my, my computer system 
I was using a, a PC at first, which is not very portable whenever you have a big gaming uh, tower. But it worked great for the beginning whenever I realized that so many online teachers and, and just so many musicians, so many producers and recording artists are working off of a MacBook. I was like, this is, this is really a great setup. So I, I invested in getting a, a MacBook Pro and a new iPad uh, and I tested it out. Um, my parents live nearby, so I actually go and teach there in person a few times a week, mostly groups, but uh, also some drum set students. And whenever my students aren't available, I always default to recording a video for them. You know, if, if I can't make it uh, or if they can't make it, then I'll set up my camera or I'll be here at my studio and record a quick feedback video or lesson video for them. And whenever I realized I could do that back at my parents where I have my drum set and my students come to, if my students can't come for the day, then I have my laptop, I can set it up. And so I got to test that out throughout the past couple of months, whenever a student will call in sick or whenever they'd be out of town, it's like, okay, well, I'm just gonna um, set this up and, and record a lesson. Or if you're sick, but you can still take your lesson, well, let's just try to do a virtual lesson. And that was really helpful. The other cool thing that I got to do this past year, this past um, April was go visit my in-laws um, over on the, on the East Coast. And I brought my laptop and my iPad and I taught from their piano over there. I just set it up, connected everything that I could. And I had one microphone, my, actually my first camera and microphone uh, combo. I brought that, used it as a mic and my students loved it. They were like, wow, you're in a different place. How did you do that? You know? Yeah, that's fantastic. So you're, you're primarily teaching a hybrid of online and offline at the moment, but you've got the potential to teach from wherever you want, should you wish to pursue that. Exactly. Yeah. And I know a lot of teachers have done that. They've bought an RV and traveled the world or traveled the country and just teach wherever they can, have a hotspot. And, and they just do it with maybe a small keyboard and, and a laptop, or it's so easy with a guitar. You just bring a good acoustic guitar and you've got your laptop, you've already got a camera. Uh, the newest MacBooks all have really good microphones. So even that is, is a one kind of stop solution for teaching online. So we're halfway through today's episode, but before we dive back into our discussion, let's take a moment to talk about the Top Music Guitar Teachers membership. Now, this isn't just another course or another run-of-the-mill membership. It's a game changer for guitar teachers just like you. Imagine having a supportive community of like-minded professionals, mentorship from industry experts, and a wealth of resources and teaching tips at your fingertips. Our membership empowers you to grow your teaching skills and build a thriving guitar teaching business around whatever you want to do, whether that's online, offline, building courses, creating awesome products, whatever you want to do. Join us today for only $49 per month and unlock your full potential as a guitar teacher. Now, back to the podcast. Yeah. And for people looking to get into teaching online, whether that's just finding more students outside their local area or if they do want to pursue this digital nomad, I can teach from anywhere in the world, be on the beach in Hawaii one week and the rainforests of the Amazon the next week. What, what's maybe the three most crucial things teachers should pay attention to or implement when they want to make that switch? I think one of the biggest things, it, it really has nothing to do with your technical uh, ability or, or your gear. Um, I think it comes down to how well you can 
market yourself because now being an online teacher, you don't have as much of a strong community presence at your neighborhood or your city or your town. So you really have to find unique ways to advertise. You either have to uh, be engaged in social media or on YouTube or have a good one of the things that has helped me the most is probably my Google business page or my Facebook page, both of which I've gotten uh, students from different states uh, through that. Like they, they'll find me on Google just doing a quick Google search of online guitar teachers and I'll get a student from Tennessee or a student from Alabama or a student from California. And that's probably one of the most important things. I would say that's number one is how well can you market yourself and how how well part of that is also how much can you uh, develop awareness and develop a legitimacy for your studio online? Like, do you have reviews on your Facebook page or on your Google page? Do you ask your students for reviews whenever you've, whenever they're really feeling accomplished, you can just, that's a great moment to just say, Hey, if you've really enjoyed this and let's reflect on what we've done, you know, do you feel like you've, accomplished what you wanted to in the past three months since you signed up or the past year, would you mind going in and leaving me a Google review or a Facebook review? Or one of the things that I'm currently working on is a video testimonial. So I got my students to record themselves just saying what, what was impressive about online lessons, maybe what changed their minds. Cause almost everybody starts this as, Oh, I don't think online lessons will work, but across the board, all my students have just been like, wow, I've really been kind of blown away with what I could still do online, um, how effective it is and how much engagement there is in the lesson. So having something like that, a way that you can get testimonials, video testimonials, uh, written testimonials to put on, not only on your website, but on Google and on Facebook. That's like I said, number one, um, number two for, uh, for online teacher or, or, Teaching Nomad or Musical Nomad is probably a good, a good computer. You know, um, you don't have to go with a MacBook, but that's what I recommend. Uh, I've just found so much use out of every little part of using an Apple product. And even if you have the whole ecosystem, like you can see, I have my AirPods in, and I have an iPad that I have connected to my laptop, and I have my iPhone. So if I if I didn't have this, I don't know how easily it would be able to work, but I'm sure there's some other people who could get like an HP or, or um, um, I'm blanking on other, on other brands, but you could probably set this up with other computers, but yeah, a good laptop. It already has a camera. It already has a microphone. So you're already good to start there. You'll have a Wi-Fi connection. So maybe after that, if you're a traveling musician or a traveling teacher, maybe a hotspot would be a good, a good third option. Um, so that way you can kind of always have clear connection. That's what I've heard from every other uh, nomad teacher that I've talked to. They had always had a good hotspot. And I guess as a bonus, one thing that I've found is really helpful for students, whether you stay in one city and you're just teaching from your, from your house or whether you're traveling is just having a collection of, of, I guess, tutorials and lesson videos and things that you can show off on either your YouTube or uh, a lesson portal, like something like my music staff has a good 
solution for hosting online content. So I upload all my lesson videos there whenever I record them. Or I have instructional videos on YouTube. And I know that there's been teachers who they'll record entire books into, into YouTube and just have one song after the other as, as a post. And so when students are unsure what to play, they'll just go on there and, and be able to see it. Which in turn, every time that they get a view on YouTube, that's working toward, as a benefit towards the algorithm of getting them exposure. Yeah, fantastic. There's some really, really great tips in there. And I think the ability, uh, I'm a big fan of the Apple, Apple computers and Apple products. Yeah. I know they're a bit pricey, but the fact you can open up the box and just start teaching straight away without having to get any external devices and just go yeah. all the software for editing is there. So if you're a guitar teacher, slash social media person slash YouTuber. Like I, I can't speak high enough of just getting a MacBook Pro because it's not only I think the most powerful thing you can get at the moment anyway. The fact it's all comes in one box ready to go, turn it on and and it's done for you. I can't speak high enough of it. Everything you're hearing, everything bit of content I've ever put out uh, for top music or here has been done on you know on a MacBook Pro. So and the fact that you should also, as you said, be creating additional content, whether you put it out on YouTube or a private portal where students can just access some more things to include your membership is, is really helpful as well. Yeah, definitely. Even if you're, if you're trying to expand and already creating lesson videos for your students, if you're sending them just to your students, that's extra things that you can upload online or create posts on social media. So you're constantly, you're, I think as a, as a music teacher, and I've heard other teachers, I've heard Carly say this, like you are already a content creator. If you're a music teacher, you're creating lesson material, you're creating possibly instructional materials, like videos or books, um, even if you don't realize that that's what you're creating. So there's so much that you can do there as well. And really, you have a, an, a huge amount of power and, and creativity at your disposal if you're a teacher these days. Yeah. And something I teach my guys is, you know, create once, use forever. So yeah. you transcribe a song once and record a video for it once, you've got that forever to either send to people in future or to put in a database of lessons that people can access. So if you've been in a teaching game for long enough, like chances are you've got a course or you've got enough to make a little data library of bonus resources, which are an extra incentive for people to do lessons with you. So Moving on to a slightly connected but different thing, I have noticed you've been awarded uh, several awards in your local area, both online and offline teaching. So what are you doing differently to make your lessons stand out from all the other people in your area or online that people could learn with? One of the most important things that you can do is how is your, how is your relationship with your students? You know, um, for me, it's really important just to, to first focus on that. Like, am I being an effective teacher to students? Uh, am I offering the value that I, you know, for some teachers, it's the value that you're, that you're pricing yourself at, or maybe it's the value of just a musical education and all that goes with that. Um, so I think that that's one of the most important things. Like one of the, the, the certificate that I got earlier, um, actually later last year was the Teach Music Online certificate which was kind of the certificate of completing the, the course and just going a little bit above and beyond of, you know, what, what is your online setup like? Do you create videos? Do you use different content like apps and games and ways to engage your students? 
because all of that will really, that'll really impact the student foremost and, and first before anything else. And I think that that's just, that's where every teacher should focus is how are they reaching their students? How are they reaching their audience? Or, you know, if you're coaching, like, how are you reaching them? And what are you doing to make sure that they're, they feel like they're above and beyond, like a, a huge priority in your studio? Yeah, this is fantastic advice there. And I think um, another great teacher I had early said, people don't remember what you taught them, but they remember how you make them feel. If you can make yeah. people feel like the most important person in the world during that time they're with you, then mm-hmm. they're going to relieve every interaction with you feeling like they are the most important person in the world and stay around forever. Yeah. And that'll, that'll get around to, to your community. Um, you'll be recognized as somebody who's really, um, who's really warm, who's really welcoming, who's worth hanging out with for an hour or 30 minutes or however long you're doing, you know, um, one of my, my, uh, I guess sign offs on most of my emails, like in, in newsletters is just, thank you for welcoming me into your home for the little time that we get every week. But it's, um, I, I really think it's important for them to know how much of, of a, a gift that is, you know, not only because it's my, it's, they help to keep my, my family, um, safe and fed and well off, but they're, they're, you know, they, they really make a connection with, with, um, the way that I, that I can kind of carry my day, you know, every, every student is, uh, and I've told a lot of students who keep in touch with me after they've left, like you, you, you will always be part of my studio family. If, even if you were with me for, for three weeks or three months, like I always make a point to reach out and, and say like, Hey, how's, how's your college course going? How is, how are finals going? How was um, your swim team meetings and things like that? And and students really appreciate that when you treat them as a person and, and not just like that lesson slot <laughs> that you're filling out. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I noticed something you mentioned in that answer and a couple of previous answers is that word of community. And uh, I think one of the best things I saw you may teach online, but you had the opportunity for your online students to come to an in person meet up or jam session and actually see each other. Was that correct? Yeah. Yeah. My local students get that, that, uh, plus of being able to hang out, um, this whole summer, actually, I've had four students weekly come to my, my parents' house where I do my group lessons and got drums, two guitars and piano, and they'll just get to hang out jam. Like we've focused on 12 bar blues and, how to transcribe the blues into different keys and what are different rhythms. So the drummer's getting like all this knowledge of what a shuffle is and what a bow diddly beat is and how to do like a basic rock beat when you're playing like back and black. So yeah, they get to get together and, and hang out for a bit. Um, throughout the, the semester, I don't get to do it as much, but summer is so much fun whenever I get to have them come in and I'll hang out for a bit. Yeah, that's awesome. And again, when most people are, sort of just packing up for summer and, and facing the inevitable, oh, yeah, the student's gone for a month or two. Uh, you're obviously out there creating new ways to connect with people and run fun activities, and it obviously sounds like it's working. Yeah, yeah. It's, and I, I've gotten all great feedback from parents and students with that, um, and even parents uh, of my kids who are in different states. Like, wow, that's such a great thing. I'm, I'm so excited that you get to do that and how much I wish that I could be part of that as well. Yeah. That's fantastic. 
So I know we're getting near the end of our time and I've just got a few more questions for you. But one of the things I really wanted to ask you was about finding students within the online realm. Now, I do my six-figure program and I say to people, hey, if we're doing this and we're targeting an, an online, uh, an offline business, so if you're teaching in your local area, I am absolutely confident that in three to six months, we can take you from, you know, if you've got less than 20, if you've got about 20 students or more, it's going to be maximum six months to go from where you are now to six figures. If you're going from zero, we had one person do it in five months, but most people take between six and nine months to go from zero to six figures. But when it comes to online teaching, I just say it's so much harder because you don't have that human connection element. You don't have that community to draw from. You're competing against, you know, the benefit is the whole world is your oyster. You can literally find students anywhere in the world. The flip side is you're competing against guitar teachers everywhere in the world for students as well. So you've been doing it really well and really successfully. How do you go about finding students in the off, uh, online world for your online lessons? And, and what are maybe the top three sources or ways to go about it that our listeners can learn from? Yeah, no, it's, it's true. Whenever you have um, the Marty Schwartz and um, all, all the online teachers, who, who a lot of people could reach out to, you know, Tomo Fujita and, and all these great people creating content and creating courses. I think it really comes down to how much of that personal connection can you can you create you know because you're you're competing with now huge huge businesses or huge organizations like marty schwartz or like any of the the other guitarists online so fender play and every other big youtuber fender play exactly and everybody's getting into that that subscription basis so just showing like hey you're really a real person and you have time to give to that to that one person who's looking exactly for you. For me, I, I, I've marketed myself as somebody who tells my, I, I tell the world and my students, like, you don't have to be, you don't have to make things rocket science to rock. Um, you can just make it simple. You can make it personal. You can make it fun. So having some way that you can communicate that and make it real, make it honest, make it sincere. Like you're really communicating to other adults or teachers or kids or whatever your niche is like like you're a real person and it's it's for you that that like for that individual person like i'm here to be your teacher having that message clearly in your in your social media in your website um in even in in the way that you gather leads like ask them about personal things ask them what they want to learn ask them if they have any background uh ask them their hobbies know make it very very unique to that individual um so i think that is a huge part of really standing out standing out as as like i said a real person and also just taking some time to be introspective and thinking i could teach anybody in the world right now you know i really think that um with with the huge thing to overcome about online lessons of i could teach the whole world but how do i reach them is I can teach anybody I want, you know, and I also don't have to teach everybody that's out there if it's not the right fit. If, if I'm not the right teacher for them because they want to be a, a shred metal guitarist or they want to be a reggae guitarist and that, that, that's not my niche, I don't have to go there. You know, I can really focus in like, hey, this is maybe what I love. What I love with with students is pop and rock. 
and the influences that that has gathered. And you probably know as much as I that those are hugely broad spectrums. Like I have students right now learning landslide and um, in other kind of folky songs, finger picking. And I also have students learning um, classical music because with that same finger picking style, they were they're like, I want to really dive into how this sound got created. So kind of narrowing down your scope of like, what kind of student do I want to teach? You have to be really, I guess you, you have to know yourself in that way. Like who, who will benefit from my lessons? Who will benefit from my style of teaching? Who will benefit from my knowledge? Um, and who, who is better off with, with a different teacher? You know, another great teacher out there. Because then the people who you want uh, to teach are going to find you. They're going to know like, okay, this is the niche that I'm going for. This is the guy. This is the pop and rock guitarist that I need to learn from. Or this is the classical guitarist that I need to learn from. Um, I think those are hugely important. Aside from any marketing and Google business page that you can develop, just having that message, having cl a clear message of who you are and what you're offering and who you're offering it to. Fantastic. And you do, in terms of finding the actual students, so that was all really, really important stuff about the message. You know, who are you? What do you do? Who are you trying to connect with? I can see that people are just going to, that, that radiates a certain feeling and that's going to resonate so well with so many different people. In terms of where you put that message and people find it, are we talking about paid advertising, just uh, people searching and finding you or particular websites that, that people find you listing for? So yeah, um, having a good website, like a personal website where people can go and see my message. Whoever makes it there is, is, is always, always comments on like, this was exactly what I was looking for or it was clear what was offered and what I could get through lessons. Um, again, for, for me personally, I've, I've never done any paid advertising Though I know that that's something that I want to get into a little bit later on, but just having a good, um, a good kind of presence online, like a strong Google business page, a strong Facebook page with a lot of reviews really helps. Um, and also a lot of the, the content that I put out on social media and on YouTube, teachers have reached out, um, and, and, uh, and students have reached out saying like, oh, I was really looking for this. So I was really impressed with how you did this or how you played that. And so for me, it's all, it's all been that. And even just word of mouth, you know, um, when other people can hear like, oh, I took lessons from Sebastian online and I learned how to play this. They're like, wow, I didn't know I could do that with an online teacher. I have to reach out to them. Most definitely. And I think online, uh, sorry, word of mouth are the hardest kind of mm -hmm. ways to get business because if you're doing a bad job, people tell their friends, yeah, don't do it. Or they don't tell anyone about anything. But if you're doing a really good job, it's obviously good enough for them to tell people about it. So word of mouth, it's the hardest kind of business to get. But if you're getting it, it means you're doing something right. And what you're doing is worth people telling their friends about. Yeah. But again, I, I really think that having that strong online presence, you know, whether you're, you're investing in ads or you're trying to do it all organically, if you have good content that you can back that up with, because even with ads, if, if you're putting out ads, but you're not showing your, your content or your, your message, um, people pick up on that as well, you know, but when you, when you put really honest stuff and really, if you really put yourself forward, like, Hey, this is me. And this is who you're taking lessons from. And then pour into the ad, uh, um, 
pour, pour ad revenue into that, then that's going to shine even more too. Yeah, and then that paid ads is just a way of amplifying what you're already doing and getting that message out to people who otherwise wouldn't see it. So, Sebastian, I've got uh, had an absolute blast interviewing you over the last hour or so that we've been going, and uh, you know I'd definitely love to get you back on the show in future and touch base soon. So, my final question to you is: if you could impart one last bit of advice to our listeners, what would that be? One little bit of advice. <laughs> I think for me, it really is: if you love it, then then that'll show. You know, obviously, I'm 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 not one that usually tells most people to follow their dreams um, because I, I think that it takes a lot of work, but man, just having, for me, having that love of music, I knew meant that I would always pour my best effort into creating my business, into being a good performing musician, into really offering the best kind of lesson that I could. So it, it really, I think, find what you love about it. And from there, really make that grow and blossom and, and love it even more because it, it makes no sense to, to do something you don't love, you know, um, or, or, you'd, or not a reason to, to love it. You know, obviously, there's a lot of professions where um, you go into it for your family. You know, you're creating something better and you're creating a better life for your family, which is hugely admirable. And, and with that, I know that people have a reason to do it. You know, people have a love to do it. And, those who are lucky enough to create a business or create a career out of what they love to do, then just love it even more, you know? That's some absolutely amazing advice there to wrap up this show. So Sebastian, on behalf of the Top Music audience, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on today's session. And I really appreciate your time and all the wonderful things that you've uh, discussed with us today. And for our listeners at home, thank you so much for listening. If you are doing something amazing in the guitar teaching space, I'd love to hear about it. Shoot me an email, michael at topmusic.co. And of course, if you want to improve your guitar teaching skills, your business knowledge, uh, get more students, have more fun teaching and pursue your passion, whether you're just a guitar player thinking about getting into teaching or somebody who's been doing it for a couple of decades and that, that passion starting to dry up. When you're having fun, when your students are learning, when you're earning the big bucks, everything is so much easier. So the best way to do that is to join Top Music, www.topmusic.co slash guitar for roughly $50 per month. You get access to a wealth of resources. But I'll tell you about that in another episode or on the website. So check out the website and guys, we'll see you on the next exciting episode. Thanks very much and see you next time. Hey there, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Top Music Guitar Teaching Podcast. If you have any questions about anything we discussed on the podcast, reach out to me at michael at topmusic.co via email. If you want to guest on the show because you're doing some wonderful things in the teaching space, I would love to hear from you. Or if you've got any suggestions for guests or topics we can discuss, as always, you know where to find me. Now, the last thing I want to talk about is our Top Music Guitar Teaching membership. We have over a thousand members of Top Music, and that is a huge community of people that you can connect with online, share wonderful teaching tips, and of course, network with. We've also got over 20 courses for music teachers, 12 special ones for guitar on every topic imaginable from group teaching, private teaching, how to find more students, how to build websites, everything you could possibly want to need to know about teaching, building a business and getting more students is covered. And you get access to all of this for $49, probably less than what you charge for a one hour private lesson every single month. So don't miss out on this awesome opportunity. Visit our website, www.topmusicguitar.com and join us in the membership. 
Thank you so much and we'll see you next week.